last week on Lore Seekers. So if they're adding some things and not necessarily taking away others, this could be a very, very good thing. But yes, people in general are afraid of change. Also, what we really would like to see, what I would like to see, is bring other races up to the level. Don't take stuff away. Just add more with other races. Yeah. So it elevates more. It gives you more options to play. That's. I think that's honestly probably going to be the best way. Like I feel like if you're taking stuff away, you're just going to make people f- f- sickly angry. Because then, what's the, what's the next comment going to be? Oh, so they expect us to pay for a race change now? The 3,500 crowns for a race change? I mean, that that would be the argument. Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Law Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. Okay. Uh, you know, I love Alec here, but one thing I'm not a big fan of are these sandstorm. Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't have any eye protection. And second of all, that crap gets everywhere. Ev- true that. True that. In every crack, every crevice, in between your armor. I'm not a fan. Oh, hey, look who it is. Whoa. Uh, Way out here it? in the middle of this sandstorm? Hmm. Have a okay. seat. Yeah, have a seat. Have a seat, have a seat. All right, well, uh, what what you been up to, man? It's been a week. It has been a week. Yeah. Um, I'm, well, I'm kind of afraid of a... T- afraid, uh, that's a good way to start the show. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With your tongue tied in a knot. I would know all about that life. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have. I've had a great week again. This has just been like an enjoy life week. Yeah. It truly has. Well, you know, we got we're busy. I got a lot of stuff going on at home with getting ready to host uh, the day of giving and the day of thanks. Yeah, here at the yeah. Cash Household, um, and my wife is home all week, and I love my beautiful Princess Daedra um, being know, home princess all and Daedra week. The same line goes. <laughs> I love her being home all week. Wink, wink. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah I'm so, feeling it. it. Yeah, so much like what she says to me. Don't get me wrong. I, we, Me and my wife love each other very, very much. But there is a point to where we both ask each other, when are you going back to work? Because, <laughs> well, like, normally during the week, yeah. you know, I take care of show stuff. I yeah. don't have a lot of noise or F-bombs going on in the background because it's <laughs> quiet and my wife's at work. Yeah. So I'm recording cer- certain portions of the show for the show. And, you know, my wife is prepping food for Thanksgiving and right. something goes amiss and there's an F-bomb dropped. <laughs> Dude, really? My sweet oh. princess with the, with the silver tongue. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that, that I got that going on. Um, it's just a busy house, but I, I'm getting to spend a lot of time with my girls this week and it actually makes me happy because my, my little one, my teenager little one is, uh, home from school as well. So 
We've gotten some binge watching on Netflix done. We've gotten a lot of Christmas decorations done, cleaning of the house, just being together. And it's actually really cool. But I have something else to tell you. Okay. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I'm just saying. I went to bed last night looking at builds on YouTube, which is something that I always do. Just kind of looking at different builds puts me to sleep. So if that lends <laughs> that's anything, your evening re- reading material is builds. It's, it's terrible. So we've got. <laughs> I'm watching builds on YouTube, and I come across one that I've played before. Okay, but I'm just I'm just kind of at that point. I was just kind of I had this un, this epiphany come over me. I need a stamina warden. I need him to be Bosmer. I need him to be double bow. Right? Sure. Like, F the meta. F all these builds. I know where this is coming from. I'm doing it. Yeah. So I did it. This morning, I woke up, made coffee. First thing, I rolled a Bosmer. I wasn't going to say anything, but I was logging in to check something for the show, and I yeah. see a level three lore seeker cache sitting in Somerset. I'm like, yep, <laughs> yep. And yeah. I'm looking at the time, and I'm like, it's 7:45 there. Ooh, he's starting early. <laughs> yeah, I got after it pretty early this morning. But anyway, so that uh, that's a thing, and I, I was pretty excited about it. And I'm not, I don't feel guilty, not even one bit. Yeah. I mean, I feel like people should be kind of acquainted by this by now. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell them what happened to your Nightblade? You see, you're leaving that out. Yeah. You killed him, didn't you? He died. Yeah, you killed him. But I, I had a reason. Yeah. I had a reason. So I had my crafter is was a Magicka Nightblade. Yeah. Max level. Pretty powerful little dude. And I race changed and name changed him. Because I wanted a stamina nightblade at top level, and I had just happened to have a race change name change name change token, so I did so, and so my lobby nightblade stamina nightblade didn't have any reason to keep him. He was like thirty six, so um, he fell off a cliff and died, <laughs> and now and I insurance have wouldn't cover it. Can't re uh, can't yeah. Handle. Now I got a CP level uh, stamina I played, which I'm happy about because he'll be like my gatherer dude. But um, yeah, I now have Bosmer Warden, Stam Warden, Bobo, and nice. uh, he's not Bobo yet. Right now he's just Bo. In a few levels he'll be Bobo, but right now he's just Bo. Bobo. Yeah, and I feel pretty good about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's my week, buddy. How about your week? Uh, it's been good. It's been busy, very busy. Um, if you follow me on Twitter. You will have seen where my office has been completely demolished and ripped up at work, and now it's getting put back together today, right before Thanksgiving. Which, by the way, happy Thanksgiving to everybody listening. But uh, yeah, buddy. yeah, busy week. Everyone's home right now. If you hear any noises of children screaming or people stomping or whatever, they're probably upstairs playing or something. So, right. That being said, um, yeah, I am really close to getting that new Sork up to uh, 50. And it was really kind of funny because after last episode, it's like the Lore Seeker chat kind of came alive and they were talking about 
race, racial changes, race changes regarding the the passive combat uh, changes, up, upcoming passive, what was it combat passive changes? What I'm trying to say. Yeah, that was and hard. Um, anyway, so they were talking about it, and uh, I forget who it was, but brought up uh, Dunmer, and they just like you should totally do it. Why? Do, why is your crafter your Dunmer? You don't play him, you know why? And I'm like. And then, you know, that, that collector's edition you've got that you sent, uh, it's amazing. The journal is amazing. It's, oh my gosh, that journal from Zari yeah. is amazing. It's good and stuff. it was bringing back all kinds of feels, and it just got this overwhelming sense of, I need to race change this person as soon as possible. So I am waiting on some free crowns, get that built up, and Jib's Allure Seeker will be changing from... The high all high uh, high elf sork to the Dunmer sork, and I cannot freaking wait. That is on my docket. But yeah, I've got him almost to fifty. Um, craziness of family being home and and just the office situation. So I've slowed me down a little bit, but I think right now I'm at forty level forty, um, which isn't too bad. But yeah, uh, you're moving. Yeah, he sh- well he should be he should be close to. Fun fact, I, I know last week I talked about, you know, up to level 10 takes you about 45 minutes with a, a 50% experience scroll and a dolmen. I also learned if you are doing the uh, random dungeons or the, the random battlegrounds with a 50% experience scroll, between, like, level 34 to 40, if you are winning one battleground, even after your daily's done, you're getting about 45 to 50% of your XP needed for that level. Yeah, for sure. You got to so, do those dailies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then even after, you can still grind. Still efficient. So, yeah, that's what's been going on. I've got a lot of, got a lot of fun stuff on the show. But uh, anyway. Are yeah, you... this, is, this is kind of a fun episode, I think. Yeah. You yeah. know, every, I, I just feel kind of loosey-goosey. I mean, it's in the morning, so I don't know. I guess it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Maybe I should go grab some whiskey. But, um That'll probably make me putty for finishing up uh, cleaning the house for my wife when she gets home from shopping, <laughs> and she'll be super stoked on that. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, let's own it. Let's own the family thing today, dude. <laughs> if you oh, hear yeah. this family love going on in the background and pots clanking, and just know that it's it's coming upon the day of thanks, Sith. It's true. We yeah. give thanks for our good-looking ankles. Oh. My God. Again, <laughs> do you know how many comments I've gotten in game and out? Are you serious? <laughs> yes. About your freaking weird ankle fetish. It is the weirdest thing ever. I just made an honest observation in that if you are constantly wearing your, your uh, what was it, low, low ankle chucks, you are going to have one mean tan line. That's all I said. I do well. I live in Southern California. There's, unless you make a major fashion mistake, <laughs> you should not have tan line issues. <laughs> but you noticing my skankles <laughs> is almost like telling your telling your buddy, your dude friend, that his zipper's down. Because like, in, like in in some way, it's like <laughs> in some way, it's like, oh, thanks, bro, appreciate that. And then secretly, you're thinking like. The f are you doing? Looking at my crotchal region. <laughs> you know what I mean. 
So we're we're gonna let this one go. We're gonna treat this one like a UFO sighting. But just know that the things that you say, oh. I'm listening. I love the fact that people approached you. <laughs> oh yeah, I have gotten several comments about, "Hey, nice ankles," or "Hey, what was up with Jib's ankle comment?" And I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. It's, well, maybe I'm just accustomed to, to look. Okay, look, we, I live in Redneck, Indiana. All right, and it's not all that way, but particularly my city. It's pretty much full of rednecks, and where they have a bunch of farmers, farmer tan, farmer uh, farm tans, whatever you want to call them, and uh, so they've got tan lines all over the place, and so maybe I'm just accustomed to seeing that over here with the cut off, uh, what was it like slammed F350s are driving around, <laughs> so oh. I just assumed maybe you had the same problem. <laughs> Didn't help. Okay. <laughs> all right. This week on the show. This week on the show. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody, welcome to the show. This is the Lore Seekers Podcast, Episode 4, Volume 3. And we are your hosts. I am Jibs, joined by Cash. Yeah, uh, the mortified Cash. Mortified. (laughs) I'm here. We got all kinds of uh, good things. Oh, hey, quick, quick, uh, quick note. We got an email from from a uh, new listener. And they're in the guild now. I believe their name is um, her name is Roharan. They, yeah, uh, I she sent just... me a message this morning on on in game. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it was really cool. Thank you for that message. Made my day. Love you. Glad you're here. Continue, Jibs. I didn't know, you know that that whole. Uh, remember how I talked about selling that crafting uh, that Dweemer? Uh, I don't know what you call it. Formula or. Um, for crafting Dweemer housing items, and it sold for 140 or 150k, and I couldn't figure out why. Oh well, yeah, the candle. Yeah, the candlestick thing. Well, right. it turns out I didn't know this, but apparently in ESO, anything that's a Dweemer um, formula or recipe, especially for housing, it sells for big bucks. So that is why I had to yeah, share that. It's because it's because they're extinct. Well, they sh- maybe maybe. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Anyway, this week on the show, uh, or last week on the show, we talked uh, racial combat passive changes for update 21, uh, fan mail, lore lesson on the Clockwork City, which by the way, hey, have you done Clockwork City? How's that going for you? It's going good. I'm doing yeah. my dailies um, every day, and um, I'm gone through, I don't know, probably 75% of it, but wow. my goal is just dailies every day. To make yeah. sure that like that part is done every single day. So, um, update on my feather situation. I now have two feathers and am working on um, getting ahead for the next event, too. Because I was way behind after missing a week. So, they have made it very accessible for people. And that makes me happy. I got my two feathers now. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I always had the best intentions. They are genuine intentions that, you know, like... I can tell you one thing I am doing, and it's probably going to start uh, next month, is I'm going to do Orsinium during December because of all the snow that's up there in the region, and I just want to see it. I've never done this storyline. so. But anytime when there's an event going on, I have the best intentions of getting into the zone content while I'm there. But, man, those zone, the, the between leveling a new tune 
and just working to get those dailies done. Like, that's all my focus has been. And so I think I need one more daily. i got to go do that today, get that done, then I'll have my feather. But uh, have you gotten any of the um, apostle motifs while you've been doing this? Yes, quite a few of them. Now, I'm not doing this as... um religiously as other folks are. I know that there's people out there like uh, John from our guild, Esotech. He is uh, doing the dailies on every single character. All the dailies on every single character to collect those motifs. And this event, I'm really not... I haven't been interested in doing that. I just want to get my... You want to do the daily every day for the feather and kind of go from there. Because I mean, right. my playtime has been a little bit, well, it's been a lot of bit less this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because of, you know, like I was talking about my, my lovely Daedric princess's home. <laughs> so The fact that you're lab- labeling her Daedra is not becoming. She's she a good one. Oh. Most of the time. Okay. She's standing behind you with the knife. <laughs> yeah. Except for Turdos and Fridos. Mm. Mhm. Mhm. And more dust. I feel you. And the you. other turdust. Mhm. Mhm. Uh all right, so this week on the show, we are bringing back two segments to the podcast. One I'm going to I'm just going to hold off. Um we may have a character show up here later and uh just going to have to wait and find out what that one is. But anyway, we're bringing that back. Plus we're bringing back Zone Chat where we ask pose a question on Twitter. And we take your responses and build them right into the episode. So you can look forward to that. We're also uh, doing a lore lesson. This is our 36th lore lesson. And it's only fitting that we do it on who, Cash? On Lord Vivek. Yeah. And it was actually requested. This was requested by uh, Armetheus. And um, asking you shall receive. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get as deep into the lore as our friend Armetheus does because he's very 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 much better at lore than we are um but uh yeah so we're gonna teach you the basics of vivek there you go who he was what mistakes he made what good deeds he did kind of if he's really a douche (laughs) not Uh, as much as south the seal but yeah Yeah. he he set the bar kind of high it seems i kind of feel like (laughs) Uh, but anyway, yeah, they were finishing up with fan mail. So, uh, well, you ready? You ready to do the news? Let's do the news. Always, always, right. always. Hang on. We got some news while we're on our way out here from Sentinel. Got my bag here. Good old town crier hooked me up. And, uh, oh, oh, there, there's no news again this week. Oh, fantastic. Oh, okay, great. Well, let's do zone chat. <laughs> oh, um, what happened? Right. Did, did you open up a blank parchment? I, it was blank. I got bamboozled with dude i was really hoping for something more about those racial passive changes yeah me too if if you haven't heard anything at this point and that tells me there is some serious brainstorming going on behind the scenes in Zoss, or there are serious they're keeping this tight-lipped because look if even if a even if a decent leak gets out that could be catastrophic especially right now with the way that now i know this is Zenimax, but you know being a part of uh, bethesda uh, Bethesda right now is really under the radar with everything that's going on with 76. And so, you know, I think it's really important with something like this that could definitely really change a lot of things. And people are probably worrying far more than they should. But 
they've got to be really tight-lipped about what they're talking about. Yeah, it's not like they're going to do a um, Star Wars Galaxies um, New Galactic Experience expansion yeah. update, yeah. which completely killed the game. Isn't that amazing how one update has that power? I mean, just think about that for a moment. Yeah, so I'm completely spinning off topic here. What happened with that game was the perfect example of doing something for the money and not for what your fan base wants. Yep. And it murdered that game. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, YouTube feed... The people that you know I do follow just to see the reviews, et cetera, the stuff that's out right now with um, the Fallout IP is it's tough. It's 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 tough. It's in a tough spot, and uh, now more than ever is Bethesda, which unfortunately this affects Zenimax, is now also under the radar just as much. Everyone's watching, so and it's probably a little unfair, you know, for the for them. It's not like they're out there making the game that. Um, the studio made that was making 76 but regardless they are somewhat affiliated there and so yeah i i'm glad that this is not that we're not seeing any teases that we're not seeing any leaks they're just being quiet that works for me maybe it's not so much of a big deal as we're making it out to be it's just you say that word changes to racial passives yeah, everybody's antennas go up and just like whoa. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it's so. it's so open ended as far as what it could really change, you know. Mm, yeah, but when you really think about, it, we talked about it last week, but when you really think about how much it could change your character, like if there's a better option and you've got a high CP level character with everything opened on them, and imagine that having to change. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, anyway. yeah. yeah. So we're still holding off. We're waiting out on that. We're waiting out on that. But anyway, Zone Chat. So this week on the show, we're bringing back the segment where we pose the question on Twitter about a tip. We don't do this very often because when we do do it, we want it to be impactful and it really to matter as far as what the community is really talking about. You know, last time we did this, it was discussing uh, what was it discussing? <laughs> What do we do? Oh, Sorks. The changes of Sorks with the shields. And so now we are back with a question that was posed, and I, I, I like, stuck my head into the Reddit community for a hot second. Ooh, did that burn? It burned. Yeah. I've got wicked, wicked bad tan lines, man. Yeah, I Wick. got wicked bad tan lines, and all of a sudden you have a venereal disease, too. <laughs> On your hand. I braved Reddit. I came back somewhat unscathed. But uh, not a knock if you use Reddit. I just have yet to have a good experience there. So anyway, (laughs) I went over to the ESO Reddit, checked it out. And there was this interesting post that talked about... Well, the headline was this. We really need another Magicka DPS weapon. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. And it it had been posted 15 hours prior and already had 100 and some... I think 50 upvotes at that point. I'm like, whoa, okay, well, I'm going to go check it out. So upon investigating this post, and we'll have it linked over the show notes at lorecreaterspodcast.com. You can take a look there. But here is just a couple paragraphs that says, Destruct- Destruction staff is fine, but dot, dot, dot. 
we need more options. Stamina players can choose from a whole range of weapons, but if you're a Magicka DPS, you're pretty much stuck, stuck with one choice. Though I suppose you can dual-wield swords for the 5%, but it's usually not as good in my experience. Why not at least develop Magicka Morse for two-handed bow or dual-wield? I feel like there is a lot of untapped potential there. The way the game really... Uh, the way the game design really funnels you into, quote, playing the right way is kind of annoying, end quote. All right, so we posed the question on Twitter, do we need more Magicka DPS weapons? And if so, what kind? Now, before we build any of the responses from the community in here, Cash, I'm really kind of intrigued to listen or to learn what your opinion is on this. Yeah, so I had mentioned this in response to uh, Coca Michelle's response on Twitter. She was the first one to respond. And you flat out just posted, question, do we need more Magicka DPS weapons? If so, what kind? And yeah, I think the, an the answer to that is overwhelmingly yes. I think a lot of people would be really happy about it. Coca Michelle says, my hubby, my hubby, says a straight magic damage staff and necrotic damage for different types of cosmetic weapons, maybe one hand, maybe a one-handed wand with spell in the offhand. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ah, uh, yeah. And this kind of brought me back to... What was that game? Dang it. Now I can't remember where that stinking game was, but it had a battle mage in it. Help me out. Oblivion? Nope. It's not an Elder Scrolls game. Um, it's not Oblivion. Um... No, why can I not think of this game? This is terrible. It's a big it... franchise. Warhammer. Warhammer Online. Oh, okay. I got yeah. You. So they had a class where the dude had like a tome in one hand and almost like a, tal it was like a talisman in the other hand. Right. And he was all magic-based. Right. right? Yeah. And then there was one... Um. Well, yeah, he was a he was a a battle mage, but he had a, like a two handed hammer. I think that one was uh, Rift. Anyway, some of these other games with different options. Yes, we are absolutely limited in ESO for a magic cartoon. So, like Coca Michelle was saying, yeah, one handed wand with a spell in the offhand, like a scroll or a tome. Hell yeah. Yeah, I was seeing that the general populace of the responses that we got, a lot of what I saw, I'd say at least 75% was wand. They want to see at least a wand or they want to see like a tome. It, it reminds me, when I saw that response um, from at Coco Michelle 11 on Twitter, I th instantly went back to Wrath of the Lich King days because that was my build for my Shadow Priest was... Uh, a tome in one hand, and then I believe he was rocking a wand in the other. I think that was the max build for PvP. And and then I thought, okay, so a lot of people are calling for wands. How cool would that be? You know? And really, I don't see that as non-lore friendly. I don't think. No. Uh, I not think at all. It, I think having wands, as far as animation is concerned... I don't uh, look. I'm about as dumb as it gets when it comes to game design. Okay, I don't know any of the ins and outs. I don't know. You how could they have do stopped as dumb as it gets. Any you of that, right there. <laughs> how they do any of that? It would have made my Thanksgiving. But <laughs> I'm as dumb as it gets. But uh, 
I feel like it wouldn't be as bad of a change for the animators if you just have a wand. It's kind of similar to the staff. I'm sure they'd need to change things around. Um, but I feel like it wouldn't be that big of a stretch, maybe. Um, and just think about that. Think of the crowd they'd pull in. They'd pull in the Harry Potter crowd. Look, yeah, I knew you were going to say that. They'd pull I it so in. I so knew you were going to bring that up. Yes. It's so coincidental. Can I tell you why? Uh, Total side story. Mm-hmm. I am listening to Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone on audiobooks right now. I just wanted to give it a shot. I'm like, okay, I've never seen a movie. What the heck is all the hubbub about? Holy crap. It's amazing. Yeah, those are literally, the, in my opinion, the best, at least the first four books, are the best literary pieces of probably our age. Oh, that is incredibly bold. But that's it. I won't say any more about it. Oh my God. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so my, my thought that. was we definitely, that would just be awesome. Second, it'd be great. Obviously the different styles that they could do those in. And uh, again, I'm going to take this another step. Look, it's obvious based off the responses we've seen. And then when you really get to thinking about it and you look at it in game, magic at GPS weapons needs some love. It really does. And yeah. I think it'd be great if you could name your wand. I think it'd be great if you could construct wands. I think it'd be awesome to have tomes. That would give a whole new meaning to lore books, lore book finding, you know, and just there, there's so many possibilities there. Um, the, this, uh, let's see, at Chaos Constant on Twitter says, if I could dual-wield spell tomes, I'd never play a stand built again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Actually, pretty uh, unique perspective from Dots Gaming, and um, they they responded to this, and I kind of fanboying out right now because I love Dots Gaming and their builds and their site and all that stuff. So thank you for uh, responding. Um, he had this to say: Me personally, I love Melee Magica. There's something really fun about it, not only aesthetically but in terms of gameplay, especially for a class like Magica DK, since the ranges are so short. The melee weapons feel really fluid to use in PvP, and it gives you that battle mage playstyle. Ding! I thought of something that could probably make Magicka melee more viable and leave Stam unaffected. In the Soul Magic skill line, you can add a skill called Bind Weapon. When casted, it converts any equipped melee weapon the user is currently using to have their light attacks scale off maximum Magicka and their heavy attacks restore maximum magicka it would rename the item to bound x where x would be the title of whatever weapon and then the skill could be removed from your bars that's it this method leaves dual wield two-handed sword and board unaffected but leaves melee magicka viable weaving with melee weapons magicka would still really primarily have to use a sword to get the percentage damage increase but dots thinks it's easier to get uh, to go a route like this rather than to rework the melee skill lines. Either that or a future weapon line dedicated to bound melee weapons would be the way to go. Outstanding response. Interesting response. Yeah. Yes, very unique idea. Yeah, the soul uh, soul magic skill line. Really, you know, that could use some love too. Um, I, oh, I yeah. really don't use it a whole lot, do you? I don't know anybody that uses a, the soul skill line. Yeah, so maybe a rework of the current skill lines to be, to better accommodate more magic and DPS weapons. There's that route. Um, 
Let's see what else we got here. If I this is from Tamriel by Guar, the Wayward Argonian says, if I could shoot fire from my hands like in Skyrim, I'd be very happy. See, I feel like that right there. I know it was mentioned earlier by Coco, but I feel like that is such a staple when it comes to Elder Scrolls as a whole is just having a spell in your hand, you know, with your hand coursing yeah. with whether it's lightning bolts or flame. Unarmed. I mean, that bring that brings back in the uh, the monk skill line. Yeah. You know, because monks are a thing in the Elder Scrolls universe, and yes, it is canon to wield magic without anything in your hands. Yeah. So why not? I mean, dude, it's so funny because, like, my last... I won't even say playthrough. My last dabble into Skyrim, I was... I wanted to play a Magicka character. I've never played a full, like, Sork. Well, you really don't use a staff. And, like, I'm so used to ESO that, like, as soon as I got in that game, the first thing I wanted to do is find a staff. But you don't use it. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you can use them, like, kind of one-time thing, but you don't, like, really... It doesn't have, like, stats and bonuses and stuff like that. Like, um... Like it does in ESO. You just right. most of the time for your magic are you just using your hands and casting spells with um with actual like written spells and stuff like that. So yeah, that's kinda weird. Well fly flycatcher uh I believe Ans is how you say it? Anse? Um says unarmed for both stamina and magic attunes would be interesting. I agree. I agree. Incorporating that unarmed element. I yep. agree 100%. I think at the very end of the day, bare minimum, um, a pretty much to sum all this up, what people are saying, spell in a hand, in one hand, wand in the other, or have some kind of tome and a wand in the other as well, just to give brand new um, updated skill lines for Magicka, DPS, because really we need that kind of love. Because, yeah, they're, the person in the Reddit post... Some of the context may have been a little harsh, but at the end of the day, they brought up a good point. Look, we really don't have a whole lot of options. It's very, very limited. And on the flip side, as stamp characters, you know, we we have more of a selection. Whether it's bow, dual wield, you know, sword and board. I mean, I would love to see this game kind of push the envelope a bit more there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Casual Ranger. What? He okay. Casual Rangers got some good ideas: wands, spellbooks, daggers, orbs, or fetish. Uh, bro, this is a family show. All right. Yeah, he means voodoo doll. But yeah, I see what you're saying. How cool would it be to be holding a freaking voodoo doll in your hand on your new necromancer? Well, so that is sealed. super creepy, son. Very creepy. Sealed right there. Yeah. Right. So anyway, um, yeah. And we want to hear from you on that. Um, if there's more of you that, I mean, if this is really a thing that you want, you can always look uh, look us up on Twitter at LoreSeekersCast and give us your opinion on it. Uh, the post is right there. You can read all the other sponsors, join in on the conversation. You can always join our Discord as well and like be in the guild and chat about it there, there too. Ooh, but, um, at Kali underscore TV. Lances or pikes. That could be fun. That would be awesome. That'd be different. So, so, you yeah. know, it'd be really cool. It'd be whips, and uh, not lava whip, like an actual Indiana freaking Jones whip. I uh, I just think 
I just think of Laser Whip from the Bane books from Star Wars anytime you say that. <laughs> I think of Star Wars all the time. Uh, so do I. So do I. All right, friends. Well, thank you so much for your responses. Um, I think at the very end of the day, we both agree there needs to be more love when it comes to the Magicka DPS weapon department. That is for sure. Mike wishes you well. Holy crap! Whoa. My wow. freaking eek, bro. I know. Dude, look at his ankles. They're furry. Oh, I don't look at ankles. What the heck's the matter with you? Wow, man. How are you? I haven't seen you since season one. Whew. I know why he's here. Why is he here? He's here because my brand new my brand new double bobo warty is in Canarthi's roost. He went to go visit him. Oh, I love that. I don't make it. fun of you. I love it. Mike has heard it is dangerous to be your friend. Um, that's also true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Things have kind of changed since you've uh, you've been here, friend. But anyway, have a seat. Have a seat. Uh, well, everyone, if you remember from Volume One of the Lore Seekers podcast, we did a little bit called ESO One Hundred One, and it has been. Uh, how many episodes? A long freaking time since we've done an ESO 101. Yeah, it's been a very long time. And I thought, huh, what have Mike been up to? So we brought him back. And uh, this week on ESO 101, we are talking about something that I had no idea you could do in-game. Playing all this time. No idea you could do it. And that is all the options with your quick slot bar. So today we're talking about making the most of your quick slots. Maybe you're new to the game. Maybe you don't know this. If you do, uh, just kind of hang out. Enjoy. But uh, so we'll have this linked over again at the Lore Seekers podcast episode page. And there's a a support page there that kind of details what we're going to talk about, but in a different way. And so really when you're in game, there's all kinds of things that you can put on your bar, on your quick slot bar by hitting the Q key. All right. When you're in your inventory, hit Q, and it's going to bring up a menu for you. Okay. In this menu, you can put all kinds of things there. I always thought you only could put potions, and you know, numerous times throughout the the life of this show, I have I had heard Cash reference numerous times that he would put a memento on his bar, and uh, or in his quick slot. And I'm like, how is he doing that? Is that an add-on? How is this happening? I need to know. And so, lo and behold, it was just a quick slot bar. So, to do this, hit the I key, bring up your inventory, hit the Q key to bring up your quick slot, and then while you're in your inventory bar under the quick slot, there's going to be all kinds of things that you can add there. So, there's different tabs, okay? And we'll get to those in a minute. If you're on PS4 or Xbox, here's how you do this you open the player menu, navigate to the men- inventory menu. Press square if you're on PS4 or X on Xbox to select a quick slot to fill. Then you press cross on PS4 or A on Xbox to assign an item to that slot. Now, there's all kinds of different things you can add to this. Okay? You can add quest items to this quick slot bar. You can add combat pets. Or non-combat pets, I'm sorry. A lot of people take advantage of this, particularly if you get hit in the face with a mud ball. You can put mementos on your quick slot. And the one that was a kicker for me, that I had no idea we could do this, even doing a show for the game, was assistance, your banker, your your merchant, 
Newsy. You know, you can put all of them on there. And then the, the really fun part, especially if you're into RP in the game, is you can put appearance items. So, like, different hats or, you know, different... Uh, maybe you're into polymorphs. So you can put all that stuff right there on your quick slap bar. It's amazing. It's the greatest thing ever. And I had no idea it even existed. <laughs> That's okay, so, buddy. Nobody's okay. upset with you over it. Oh, okay, thank you so much. Maybe a little. But, yeah, maybe a little. But, yeah, there you go. It's a quick quick tip ES, ESO 101. You know, when we... When the first season of this show... When you do about 20 episodes, there's only so many new things that you can really cover. <laughs> and so we haven't done this in a long time. You know, I really wanted to bring it back. So hopefully this helps somebody. Because. Well, evidently it helped you. I feel enlightened. Well, I'm feeling go. good. But yeah. So we want to know what you think. We hope you uh, enjoyed the ESO 101. We hope that you have enjoyed the, uh, the uh, zone chat we had earlier. But you can always call us, email us, uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can always call us, 765-382-6961. So, now for my favorite part. Ah, the lore lesson. We are doing this. Lord Vivek awaits. Stand by. Here we go. Look at how pretty this book is. Up, up, uh, it looks pretty. Looks good. Yeah, well, I mean, pretty much everything about Vivek is pretty. Yeah, he's kind of a uh, glamour guy. He's a little glammy. Yeah. Um, he's, um, he's got a good haircut. Uh, what hair? Exactly. Oh. He's trustworthy. Oh, I see, because you're bald. He's bald. Okay, I got it, yeah. Right. Ooh. Lord v- Lord Vivek speaks. Okay. It is very, very sad being mortal. There is happiness, yes. But mostly sadness. As I have said, count only the happy hours for mortals. They are all too few. Quit laughing. But for gods, for me, there is no more feeling. Only knowing. <laughs> That's by Lord Vivek. Okay. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> it was a mix between, I didn't know if I was watching the show Vikings or a mix of Nacho Libre there. All right. Well, there you go. That lends to my voice acting prowess. Uh, clearly, sucks. you need to start a Fiverr account because that was amazing. <laughs> clearly, I have no time or <laughs> I can't know. That's not happening. Number one, because I suck at this. And number two, because you keep me way too freaking busy. <laughs> it's true. Gotta keep you focused. I'm too busy rolling brand new tunes all yeah. the time. I'm all really the over- things. Yeah. You, well, you're, you're even a better man than me now, because I'm kind of over the leveling at the moment. So props to you. I just I love that process, I think. That's my problem. I, do I enjoy too. the leveling process, I, and I'm still yeah. on that eternal hunt for my forever guy. Yeah. Well, the thing for me is it's not just leveling. It's like there's other things I'm looking now to get involved in, like gold making in ESO and and uh, just trying to be very good at PvP with this new tune. So that's kind of my personal goals, I guess. Achievements, by the way. Yeah. 
I think you're amazing. If it helps, I think you're amazing. Oh, thank you so much. As a young chimer growing up in Residane, which is now Morrowind, I should have asked you that like as a quiz. What is Residane? It's now Morrowind. Yes. You know what? I have an idea. What's that? For one of our episodes, we are going to do a lore quiz. So oh. you better start studying okay. up. Okay. Oh, oh, real B. quick, too, to go off that, we're, we should do that on the first episode of the Twitch Tavern. Done. By the Done. way, folks, we're going to do a live recording live on the show. It's all going to take over Twitch, take place over Twitch, and you get to be a part. We'll let you know details, but uh, anyway. Did you say that it's going to take over Twitch? Because I don't think that'll happen. I mean, we'll have like we're, 10 we're, people in, in, the, in the chat room. <laughs> oh, we will not. We will have more. We will have more. What do you think this is? We're going to have 10 people in chat. Diablo 4? <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Shots fired. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have no idea what you're talking about, but it sounded okay. great. Is Diablo 4 coming out? Wait, what? No. The exact opposite. I'm sorry, Diablo fans. That was a low blow. It was a low blow, and I'm sorry. Yeah. But I did it anyway. We are in, we are really badly encroaching on this lore lesson. You know that, right? With our banter. Yeah, we are. I'm, I'm backing off. It's all you. It's all you. All right. Let's talk about Lord Vivek. As a young... Is it Keimer or Chimer? Did we... It's Keimer. Keimer. As a young Keimer, growing up in Residing, which is now the Morrowind area. Vivek was a friend and a confidant of Lord Indril Nerevar. Nerevar was a military commander and representative of the United Chimer people. He worked to unite the Great Houses and the Ashlander tribes during that time. So because of his loyalty as a friend and his battlefield prowess in fighting for Nerevin, Vivek was given a position as one of Nerevar's counselors. Along with Vivek, two other counselors served Nerevar. His wife, Almalexia. I never knew that, that Almalexia was Nerevar's wife. I Did didn't know either. That. And a brilliant scholar and douchebag by the name of Sothasil. <laughs> He's both of those things. Um, Nerevar had established a very fragile relationship with the Dwemer King, Dumok Dwarf King. We have talked about this before. We're going to get a little bit more in depth on it today. Um, and remember, this is we're talking about Nerevar, not Vivek. Vivek was a counselor to Nerevar. So Nerevar had established this very fragile, um, controversial relationship with the Dwemer King, Dumak Dwarf King. Um, both parties were in a united front against the Nordic invasion that was occurring in the region. So although this was an unlikely union, it was not taken without words of warning from Nerevar's three counselors. They were skeptical. So, at some point, the point I'm about to talk about, the relationship became very, very stressed between the Dwemer and the Keimer. And this is why. After learning of the Dwemer's plan to create a massive mechanical god powered by the discovery of the Heart of Lorcan, 
the two leaders, Nerevar and the Dwemer King, fell at odds. Nerevar ended up declaring war on the Dwemer, and then they, they ended up in battle. The culmination of the war happened at the Battle of Red Mountain in the first era, year 700. While the battle raged on, Nerevar took a small contingent of soldiers into the Red Mountain itself, where they fought the Dwemer King and his guard. This action caused Kagernak, remember Kagernak's tools, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Kagernak was the chief architect of the Dwemer. He had unlocked the mysteries of the Heart of Lorcan. So the fact that this little battle was going on within Red Mountain, Kagernak hastily used the tools of Kagernak on the heart. Obviously, this was a grave mistake. Um, if you remember back, this is why, as far as anyone can surmise, this is the action that angered the heart of Lorcan and caused the disappearance of the Dwemer from Nern altogether. When the tools were used on the heart of Lorcan by Kagernak, the Dwemer vanished. All of them. Poof. Gone. Bye. Wow. So, when the Battle of Red Mountain had ended, the tribunal, which consisted of Almalexia, Sothisil, and Lord Vivek, convinced the Nerevar that Kagranak tools, Kagranak's tools should be placed into safekeeping and studied only. That's it. Don't use them. Study them. Just in case the Dwemer ever return, you'll have them. Do not use them. So the Nerevar agreed, but only on one condition. His condition was that the tribunal swears an oath to Azura and the tools of Kagranak would never be utilized in the manner that the Dwemer had intended to rob the heart of Lorcan of its divine power. When this was requested, the trio of Almalexia, Sothisil, and Vivek took the oath. They would never use the tools to harness the power of the heart of Lorcan. Becomes very important in just a few minutes. Kagranak's tools were left under the protection of Vorin Dagoth. He was the High Counselor of House Dagoth and very trusted by Nerevar. Dagoth, however, had plans of his own. He was left with the tools for far too long and began experimenting with the tools on the heart of Lorcan. So remember, this is Dagoth. It was believed that he was left with the tools for way too long and his experimentation had driven him mad. Nerevar found out about this and then Dagoth himself refused to relinquish the tools back to Nerevar. Dagoth's guards attacked Nerevar and his entire contingent, committing treason in the process. Because remember, House Dagoth was part of um, Nerevar's contingent. So Nerevar, who was mortally wounded in the attack, um, Vorin ended up retreating and was presumed to have perished because of the severity of his own wounds. It was a vicious battle between Nerevar, his contingent, and uh, Vorin Dagoth and his contingent. So both were very, very severely wounded. However, 
Nerevar on his deathbed, because he was he was dying because of this battle, confirmed his wishes with the tribunal again. Heed your own advice. Do not use the tools of Kagranek. Aha. Uh-huh. Fun fact. Because of the war of the First Council described above, the Dwemer mysteriously disappeared, which we mentioned. House Dagoth was completely dismantled and Lord Nerevar was killed in this process. But the most challenging times were yet to come. After the death of the Nerevar, the tribunal came to rule over the Chimer. They rose to power and began to rule over the Chimer. They all had the same ideals, but after the Nerevar died, somebody needed to lead them. Several years into their rule, our buddy Sothasil revealed to his buddies, Almalexia and Vivek, that he had learned how to use, utilize the tools of Kagranak to safely extract the power from the heart of Lorcan. So the seal, the devil, convinced Amalexia and Vivek that by utilizing the power from the heart, they could become living gods that Residane deserved, that Morrowind deserved. So Almalexia and Vivek were so convinced by this empowering speech by Sothasil, the devil, that the power was extracted from the heart of Lorcan and the tribunal's ascension to godhood became complete. In that instant, however, because they broke the not only the wishes of the Nerevar, but they really made Azura angry. Azura herself appeared and cursed them for defying their oath to Nerevar and mocking and defying the will of the gods. So Thassil, the devil, dismissed her claim, and in that instant, all of the Chimer were changed to Dunmer, including the tribunal. Yes. And that's when their skin changed. Correct. This is when their skin changed. So the Dunmer as a whole were terrified because they had all these changes to their skin. But Sothasil, oh, he's such a good guy. He reassured them that the change was a blessing. So they were reluctant at first, but a majority of Dunmer society eventually began to accept and worship the tribunal as new gods, despite their lack of understanding of what actually had happened. Fun fact. When Azura cursed the Chimer, she assured the tribunal that this was the fate that they themselves chose and all their kind would share in their fate, quote unquote, from now until the end of time, unquote. So they really angered her and angered the gods because they went against the Nerevar and went against their oath to Azura and what they said they were going to do. So despite this, their ascension to godhood showed the tribunal some great success for a while. Um, as the years progressed, each of the deities, each of the three of the tribunal, found their, founded their own city of their own name. Um, in response to Vivek, Vivek City was located on the southern coast of Vardenfell and was the largest city 
Um, through the power that they wielded, the tribunal eventually learned how to remove the appearance of the curse that had plagued them. Vivek, however, chose to appear as both Keimer and Dunmer, which is why you see him as half and half. Vivek became the most popular ruler among the tribunal due to his great heroism exhibited through his great divinity. Vivek proved his worth and his loyalty to his people on several occasions. For instance, he distinguished himself as a very staunch commander during the Fourscore War, in which he helped bring to an end with his diplomatic charms. He also saved the Dunmer population from certain death when he flooded a small part of Morrowind to kill Akaviri invaders in the Second Era, year 572. Lord Vivek became known for his poetry and his writing of very personal versions of, of history and philosophy. And as a political leader, he became considered the authority on several esoteric and metaphysical concepts, such as how one would attain divinity. Lord Vivek was considered a benevolent king, a guardian warrior, and a poet, um, a poet and artist by Dunmary subjects. Fun fact. Lord Vivek created his personal military called the Buoyant Armagers, who exemplified all of his very best traits. You'll probably remember if you've gone through uh, Varden Felony, the Morrowind content, that the Buoyant Armagers, of which there's also a motif, uh, they play a big part. So the tribunal... Yeah, they're very iconic. The tribunal established its very own temple, where the new teaching of the trio began to flourish. One aspect was that uh, this was taught that at the temple, that the tribunal of Almalexia Sothasil and Lord Vivek were each anticipated by good Daedra, seemingly to kind of legitimize the tribunal's existence before their, before during their mortal lives. So Lord Vivek was said to have been anticipated by Mafala. The Dunmer people did not quite believe that Lord Vivek had a basis of murder, sex, and secrets, which is, I guess, what would be reflected if you were anticipated by Mafala. But um, as they, what they kind of did accept was that behind Vivek's divine benevolence, maybe he did harbor like more of a darker and sinister past. So that's kind of what they, because he didn't quite act that way like you would expect Mafala would suggest because he was so divine and good to his people. Right. But they kind of believe that in order to do so, he must have had some type of a jaded past. That's like the kind of the way that I understand that. Fun fact. Lots of fun facts in this one. The Ashlanders, who were united under Nerevar, never truly accepted the tribunal and have always held very, very strong beliefs that the trio of Almalexia, Vivek, and Sothasil murdered Nerevar. And this really shows during those quest lines, especially when you do the, uh, the Ashlander stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's a bad kitty. No fighting in here, kitties. Okay. It became a question long asked and speculated by both Ashlanders and Dunmer society. Did the trio actually kill the Nerevar? <laughs> I don't know. 
All right. <laughs> the return to Red Mountain. So this kind of starts to lend to the fall of the tribunal here a little bit. Periodically, the tribunal would visit the Red Mountain to perform a ritualistic bath, replenishing their divine powers. But in the second era, year 882, the tribunal discovered that Dagoth Ur and his forces did not die. Dagoth had survived. Not only, and of course now he calls himself Dagoth Ur. Not only had Dagoth survived, he had become way more powerful than the tribunal combined. So Dagoth and his forces attacked and drove off the tribunal, blocking their access to the heart of Lorcan for over 400 years. Because of this, the tribunal's influence and power began to weaken and Morrowind's society became much more fragile because of it. In order to keep Dagoth Ur and his forces contained to the region of Red Mountain, the tribunal erected a barrier called the Ghost Fence. We've already talked about this in a, in a previous lore lesson. So Vivek was tasked with maintaining the Ghost Fence, and his two tribunal companions of Sothisil and Almalexia eventually lost hope of ever regaining their power because Dagoth was blocking the heart of Lorcan. Sothisil and Almalexia lost in in their attempt to find Lorcan to find the heart of Lorcan again. Sothisil and Almalexia lost two of Kagranak's tools to Dagoth Ur's forces, and they were captured while attempting to reach the heart. They were both rescued by Lord Vivek. Now, knowing that he faced an enemy that he could not defeat by himself, Lord Vivek shifted his focus on not losing the battle as a whole. He decided to turn into the warrior poet, basically. This made him even more of a warrior poet. Now, the reason that we're doing lore lesson number 36 on Vivek it's very appropriate that he, because he wrote the 36 lessons to act as a guide for the Nerevarine. Now, although it was a mystery to any living Dunmer at the time, the Nerevarine was believed to be the reincarnation of the Chimer warlord Inderil Nerevar, under which the tribunal originally served. And he was Vivek's longtime friend. So in the writing of these 36 lessons... Vivek believed that the coming of the Nerevarine was necessary to defeat Dagoth Ur and his forces. Okay. Fun fact about Vivek's 36 lessons. They're incredibly cryptic and very speculative, but they help to explain the eventual, the eventual loss of the tribunal's godhood. They also told tales of Vivek's legendary spiel, which was known as Muatra, Spear, not Spiel, as in Spielberg. This was an actual spear called Muatra. And the interpretations of the 36 lessons were seemingly designed to be kind of left to the individual to interpret as they read them. Many of the 36 lessons speak of the Hortator, or the Nerevar, the collective military leader of the Chimer people before his death. That's what they considered the Hortator. One can very, very clearly surmise that the close relationship between Vivek and his friend, 
and why he felt so loyal to him, even in the subsequent betrayal of receiving the power of the heart of Lorcan. Now, reading through the 36 lessons, are very it's very long and very diluted. And by the time I was finished writing this lore lesson, I was famished. I did not want to read through the entire 36 lore lessons. They are or the 36 lessons. They are so long. And our friends over at uh, the Tales of Tamriel have taken, shoot, I think 36 of their casts. And they have actually gone through each of these. They've done reading on each of these lessons. Go listen to it because it's pretty good. And they're very, very long. And I did not want to repeat that and do that here. So what I did do is in my article on our website is I linked it. So you can, uh, it's just a link to the UESP so that you can read through them and interpret them yourself because they're long and very speculative. Okay. So have at it. But Vivek is an incredibly complex creature. But reading more about this and more about their betrayal to the Nerevin and to Azura, I like the Tribunal much less now. They're manipulators and power-hungry, and, and I'm just not about yeah. that. So anyway, that's my personal yeah. opinion. No, I agree. Like I feel the same way. Like It, it was kind of like one of those things where ignorance is bliss with them. Right. Um, Especially in Morrowind when I was first playing and learning about them, they they appeared to be so much greater to me then than now. You know, reading and listening all to all of this, so I'm right exactly. there with you. Yep. <laughs> I love the bells, by the way. Can he can he take those off? <laughs> I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. Oh, hey, you found us out here in the snow, the snowstorm. Wow. Sandstorm. Thanks so much. Oh, appreciate you. Okay. All right, friends. Well, it's that time where you write in and we talk about it here on the show. We got a couple things we want to bring up here. First off is an interesting voicemail from John. It's on a solo ESO experience. Let's take a listen. Hey, what's up, Jibs and Cash? Uh, this is John, longtime listener, recent ESO player. I started playing about two or so weeks ago. Unfortunately, where I live, the internet is satellite only, and my satellite internet is not enough for me to run a smooth game with other players. I was wondering if you got any ideas on how to run a fun and in-depth solo game on ESO. Thanks so much to both of you for all your hard work, and have a good one. All right, John. Well, thanks so much. Um, oh, I'm, I'm kind of having trouble understanding the question, but um, if his internet is, is what it said, what it, uh, what he says it is, then it. I'm confused as to if he can't play ESO like in general or if he's looking for something that's similar to ESO that's a single player experience. Oh, it sounds okay. like maybe group t- content is tough for him. So my thought would be, and this is how I would do it, if I didn't have the ability to group with other players, you absolutely can play ESO as a single player experience. 
Absolutely. And what I would do is, I mean, shoot, it would almost free me up to have more time to do this. Write a backstory for your character and play your character as a single player RPG. You can totally do that. Like there's so much quest content in this game. You don't have to do dungeon content. You don't have to do world bosses. You don't have to do a lot of this stuff. If your internet's bogging you down, you can stay in the zones and, you know, try and stay away from the main populace of people um, because that will tend to slow your system down if you have a poor connection. But yeah, this game can totally be played as a single player game. And personally, that's how I would do it. I would journal that character and just have a great, great time with him. Write his own story as he goes through the world. Yeah, that you know that almost sounds kind of like a fun challenge in a way to play. Yeah. Just kind of switch gears for just you know, like dedicate a day of just playing as a solo experience and seeing you know documenting what that's like. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I agree. You can you can totally play ESO as a single player experience. Um, there's all kinds of things you can do. There's so much story. I would even go as far as to say, like what Cash was saying. You know, this may actually lend to a more of a RP experience for you, where you can get into guilds and do events. That um, you know, because a lot of events they take they take place typically in the world somewhere. You know, right? I, I know that's that's group content. And that's what you're trying to avoid, but still, I feel like it'd be far less uh, difficult on your internet than running, let's say, a dungeon or dolmens when there's all kinds oh, of crap totally. going on. Totally. So yeah, yeah, I would say absolutely. There's idea. so much good content out there. Uh, my advisement to you'd be pick something that you really like. For me, it was the Dark Brotherhood. For you, it could be something else, and just start questing, and max out all of your crafting. Take do that whole process, get all those titles, get your achievements. That's that's really what ESO is, and then you add oh, in yeah. the multiplayer factor, and you know it becomes the, the MMO um, RPG part. But you know that there, there's so much that that you really can take advantage of, and so much that you can really do. I would absolutely encourage you john get you get out there and just quest man have fun document it uh all right well next uh thanks so much john by the way for the uh the voicemail appreciate it uh, next up on the docket and last of the day is riley and she asks hey guys now that all the dlc for the year are out in eso can you rank which ones are your favorite from least to greatest and why thanks hmm. that's a good one that is a good one. You want to go first? Nope. Nope. Okay. Uh, all right. Least to greatest. Least is a Merkmeyer for me. <laughs> I I am trying, and I have tried so hard to get into that story, and I am just struggling with the quest line with that. I think the 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 rest of the area, though, the zone, the vibe that you get, it's it's amazing. It's so good. But um, for me, I would say the Merkmire expansion from this year is probably my least favorite. Second, it would have to be Wolf Hunter. Um, that I thought that was a really solid, solid DLC. And obviously, I think the greatest from this year would probably be Somerset. It added so many th- unique things. Um, it added a whole new area, a whole new uh, crafting tree with jewelry crafting. That was really good. So... You know, I, they were all great. I just, um, I like Merkmire the least. The story, I'm struggling getting into that, but, uh, you know, the rest of it, it was good. Hmm. 
Well, for me, and I'm probably going to miss some here, um, but I would definitely say my very favorite DLC is Dark Brotherhood. Oh, you're doing okay. I thought, all right. I thought the question was meant for this year alone. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's a given. I know your favorite Dark Brotherhood, so it's uh, okay. okay. Nobody's upset with you. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> and right straight from there, I go right into Thieves Guild, and I think both of those are the reason being is because they're super nostalgic for me. And then I'm going to share a moment here with one of our fellow podcasters. Morrowind, for me, is one of... I would absolutely say that that is my favorite expansion. And here's why. I will never forget when it was announced. Um, I had a short conversation with the Jellos from um, Tales of Tamriel when this happened. Like, oh my God... Tears came to my eyes when I heard the music, the the, the theme for Morrowind, and Agelis was saying the same thing. Just like I could not believe what I felt in my heart when that happened, and I think we we both kind of shared a moment on that. Then I went through it and loved it. I thought that they absolutely hit a home run with Morrowind, so I really really enjoyed it. Next for me there would be Somerset. Um, I, I think Somerset was amazing. I truly, honestly love bringing characters through Somerset just because it's so freaking beautiful. Um, the Wolf Hunter DLC, totally love that one. Um, Merkmire, I will be flat out honest with you guys, I have not touched it. Not because I don't like it. Literally because there's been so many other things going on with me within the game. I want to go through that content with my forever character and the character that is kind of story tied into the reliquary because it's there's so much treasure hunting and stuff going on down there that I feel like I'm looking for that moment where I have some inspiration to do some more writing. Um, so I'm kind of holding off a little bit, but... It doesn't mean I'm not going to do it because I, I really love what I've heard about Merkmeyer so far, except for everything that Jib said because he's a blasphemer. <laughs> but, I, yeah. It's okay. Are you done? Yeah, yeah, I know. Are you done? Okay. Okay, so just a couple more things. So just to reiterate, Dark Brotherhood number one for me, Thieves Guild number two, Morrowind number three. And having gone through the Thieves Guild again in my number two slot, I just went through it again. I just want to bring up one more thing. I know that I've always said that I love Naryu. I truly do. I think she's an amazing character. But she may have been surpassed in Cash's love, super creepy love, for my video game characters. I think think someone beat her out and that someone is Quen I am in love with Quen just <laughs> professing it don't okay. be jealous don't be all upset Jibs I've tried to give her the ring of Mara she's like nope you have no hair not happening <laughs> deal breaker <laughs> but I profess my love for Quen she is um, one of the main characters Actually, she's the one that introduces you to the Thieves Guild questline. And she's just super cutesy patootsy. And she's really has a kind of a cool story. So there's that. Anyway, done. I'm done with that. Okay. All right. There you go. 
Okay, well, friends, thank you. Oh, hang on. This just came across my phone. Uh, real quick, for all of you who are doing Black Friday shopping, maybe you want to try to get that extended over to ESO. Uh, right now, apparently, they've got a bundle. It's over. It's worth over 8,000 crowns that you get for... What was it? 1,700 or 1,500 crowns. It's very cheap. Um, let me bring this up here. Oh, okay, yep, here it is. All right, so real quick, before we get out of here, they've got all kinds of bundles going on. You can buy ESO on ESO Somerset uh, for 63% off. And you can pick up the Black Freydos bundle in the Crown Store. This is worth over, what do they say, like 8,700 8, crowns. You can get this for 1,900 crowns. Um, this includes 10, uh, first, the Black Freydos suit stallion mount, 10 experience scrolls, 10 riding speed lessons, 10 riding capacity lessons, 10 fortifying meals, 10 soul gems, and 50 tri restoration potions. So, anyway, you can go check into that. Uh, uh, oh, the crown crates are on sale, too. There's a whole lot of stuff. Look, houses, I think the the, the our new guild house is now on sale as well. So, go check that out. We'll have that link to the show notes. But anyway, this was the Lore Seekers Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to the show. We can't thank you enough. You all are awesome. You keep coming back for more, and you leave hungry, which is always nice. We know that you – we appreciate that you love to come back. But uh, anyway, if you enjoyed the show, we hope you did. Please leave us a five-star review. Whatever uh, platform you're using, we appreciate you. But if you're using iTunes, please leave us a review. We want to hear from you, whether it was good, bad, the ugly. doesn't matter. I want to hear it. No, we don't. I don't want a freaking four-star <laughs> like, review. Don't like I said, do that. Every five-star review that you give, we give you love on the show. But uh, let's see. You can call us, 765-382-6961. You can email us, lawyersecretspodcast at gmail.com. And, Cash, we're, well, we've got a guild. We do. Our guild is growing, like, quickly. It's pretty funny to, to watch. It's not funny. It's amazing to watch. But you and I get a good chuckle out of it every once in a while because it's like, dude, I can't even believe it. Yeah, just a couple knuckleheads. Yeah, a couple knuckleheads. And, um, you know, we we continue to get messages and stuff from our from our listeners and now guildmates. And um, we just freaking love you guys. We have so much fun running things with you and you know somebody new pops in and they get help like immediately and our our leadership staff is just top quality people so thank you all for that and then thank you if you're either a listener or part of our guild if you want to be part of our guild go to the website loresecretspodcast.com forward slash guild Get your Discord downloaded and then join our Discord server. There's a very short application process by typing forward slash apply in the chat box. We will get it and usually pretty darn quickly. We there will you make sure you're not a douchebag and let you in the kill. Yeah. There you are. Well, good friends, you can find this show wherever podcasts are available. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, many more. All the good things. Wherever it's free, we're there. And uh, most importantly, after you're done listening to this show... Be sure and head over to uh, listen to other ESO podcasts. We've got the Tenants podcast. We've got Tales of Tamriel, Sons of Sithis. Thank you for highlighting that for me in the show notes <laughs> as I read it. <laughs> and Written in Uncertainty. You can follow myself on Twitter at JibsIRL, Cash at LoraSeekerCash with a K, and most importantly, the podcast at LoraSeekersCast. We hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. Hope you all have a great weekend. And, uh, you know, we'll be back uh, next week for Mucho Grande Show. 
Yes, we will. Hey, happy Black Freedos, by the way. Go spend all your monies. Yeah, go spend it all. Oh, and by the way, now, by the time you download this show, Thanksgiving will be over. I mean, still give thanks and all that stuff, but you now have my permission to put up Christmas stuff. My house is house. already fully decorated, except for so the outside. Mine. So is mine, because my, my lovely Princess Daedra has already put the stuff up. So oh, that's fantastic. The plain meld is nigh. All right, deuces, we're out. Dilly dilly. Wolven. Everyone was ready. Jibs and Cash had begun their walk down the dock toward the jester. I awaited my signal. Once the sails of the smuggling ship were set, Naraya and I were to race down the dock and either loosen or cut the dock lines. The wind was right. I had taken position behind a stack of barrels and crates at the base of the dock. It was a stone's throw to my target. Now, we wait. The sound of dry wood creaking behind me stole my attention. As I began to turn my head, my hand instinctively dropped to my daggers. Pain. Darkness. The stench was almost unbearable. It was dark. The hunger pains were wrenching at my gut, but they paled in comparison to the stabbing sensations in my head. I could feel the crusted, dried blood down my cheek, and I could tell it had matted over my dreadlocks. The blow to my head was well placed. Not that I sought to give the son of a bitch any credit for it, but it was a good rap nonetheless. Any more force would have probably ended me, but it didn't. I survived it, although I'm pretty sure it had been a day or two from what I could tell that I was bound and placed in a crate. I was naked, no gear, certainly no weapons. The sounds of an angry sea striking the hull of a ship and the nauseating motion accenting my confinement made it clear I was crossing the sea. The destination? No way to tell. But I had a decent guess. How would this happen? Our plan to get Cash and Jibs onto the Jester had been set into motion within a day of our arrival at Woodhearth. We were particular about our moves. Careful. Calculated. Deliberate. But something went wrong. Someone knew we would be there. Someone knew they would be making a break for the sea. Had they made it? What happened in Araya? It was all a blur. But this was my new reality. In a box. On a ship. Headed to a destination to face something far worse, I reckoned. The journey was long. At least it seemed so. Every day or so, someone would come into the cargo hold and pour fresh water through the cracks of my crate. I would have to reposition myself within the crate as quickly as possible to catch the drips of stale water before they trickled down my dirty body into uselessness. 
After the water, three strips of smoked fish would be slipped through a crack. The taste was nowhere near impressive. I thought, how the hell can you F up smoked fish? Somehow, these guys did, but I didn't care. My body needed the nourishment, and despite my murderous feelings for those responsible for my capture, I appreciated it. Someone wanted me alive, I gathered. Four days. I counted four days at sea. I paid close attention to the cycles of Nasser and Secunda, which I could barely make out from where my crate was located. The door to the cargo hold was always left open, so I could just barely see the night sky from the staircase by peeking through the wood planks of my battered old crate. Four days. Then, early one morning, I heard a commotion above deck. Avast! Set the boom about and furl her up. We're home, laddies. It's high time we cracked Jenny's teacup, eh? With a collective cheer from the crew, Busy commenced on the deck. As I heard the squeak-squeaking of halyards and pulleys, the clink-clank splash of anchors away, and felt the ship come to a stop. The roar of Busy work came to an end eventually, which made way for the sounds of a lively port. Merchants selling wares the ringing of a lighthouse bell, water lapping against ship's holes and the gentle wind blowing warm air on the salty, sweaty deckhands on shore. What struck me immediately, though, was the stench. I know that smell anywhere. This was a Boz landing. The deep, hot, putrid heat intermixed with the odor of brackish seawater and fish rotting a little too early and maybe a little human excrement. Yep, this was a pause. Footsteps in my direction. Who or what? You'll keep your trap tight, lest I remove your bottom jaw for you, are we clear? A voice whispered into the crate. I managed to peer up and see one bloodshot brown eye staring down at me from between the crate's slats. His breath reeked of ale onions, and a long trip at sea. It was a stench of death. Crystal, I rasped back at the pirate. I had no other viable options. I was roughly loaded onto a wagon with several other crates, boxes, and full kegs of who knows what. The wagon started down a well-paved road and creaked and rattled as it slowly lumbered along with the caravan in front. Three horse-drawn wagons loaded with cargo in the front and I couldn't tell if there were any behind us due to my limited view. The caravan stopped in an alleyway, and I was able to get a look at the construction of the buildings. High walls, merchants on the first floor with residential on the second. Unfinished, weather-worn walls. Yep, we were in a Boz Landing, all right. My crate was unloaded from the cart and wheeled by two men into a dimly lit shop. No stairs. I made a mental note that I was on the first floor. Package delivered, sir, one of the men wheeling my crate in said. Well done. Coins on the table. Take it and get out. A second voice said quietly. The sound of walking was abruptly halted by the sound of a door closing as the two delivery boys left the room. The remaining person in the room made his way to the crate. He stood for a minute and I attempted to peek through the slats. 
I could just see the ornate clothing this short, portly fellow wore. And then he spoke. Hello, Wolven, 